Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. This can be especially true at the beginning of parenting a newborn baby. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on with Lynn Wolf, who's a lactation consultant and occupational therapist at Seattle Children's. She's been there 35 years and a lactation consultant for 17. She's a super pro. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Wendy Sue. <laughs> We're going to talk about supply. So let's just start at the very beginning that um, supply is really variable, meaning like how much milk you make is really variable to just kind of who your body is, right? That's correct. That is correct. And things that people need to understand about supply is that it's not there the day the baby's born. I mean, it really, you have colostrum, it's in very small amounts, and it takes three to five days for most moms to really, first time moms to really get their supply, you know, up to a point that it can support the baby easily. And then it continues to, to grow rapidly for the first couple of weeks um, when things are working correctly. Yeah. And as, as so many moms and dads have heard and parents in general is that it, it's kind of a supply demand, right? I mean, Correct. that if you, if your baby or a pump in combination creates a demand for milk, right. the breast will respond to that demand and accommodate and make more milk. Right. And there's two parts to that. One is the stimulation of the breast and one is the emptying of the breast. So if you have the baby on the breast and the baby is just stimulating the breast but not emptying it, that's not going to do the trick. Um, you've got to empty the breast too. they got to be a little hoover. they got to be a little hoover. That's yeah. Exactly yeah. Right. You want them to suck that stuff out of there. <laughs> and the, and sometimes they get lazy and they're sleepy, mm -hmm. right? And so then maybe you won't make as much because they don't drain as much. Correct. Right? And, and mm -hmm. the other thing, you know, that... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And, and, well, I was that can happen in the first, you know, sort of couple of weeks. The mom's milk supply is busy, you know, arising. But if they've got a really sleepy baby and they're not emptying the and emptying the breasts, the breasts will say, "Oh, I guess you don't need all this milk." And it's the supply will then, you know, sort of track down because of that. So you really have to kind of watch it in the first couple of weeks and make sure that the baby's doing their job well. Yeah. And so, what are tips to kind of increase supply that you can give to new moms who who maybe feel like their baby isn't emptying them? Or so, isn't, I think moms just sometimes mm -hmm. feel like they don't make enough, right? Yeah, and you know, of course moms always feel like they don't make enough because, you know. I, mean, I clutched my chest when I, I said it. I mean, you saw well, me do it, didn't you? It's like, <laughs> I remember those, like, fears that I wasn't going to make enough. I know. That's yeah. right. And and the whole thing is that with breastfeeding, it's a mysterious thing. There's no measuring to the whole thing. And we don't know. And so we have to, you know, go on trust that it's working. And, and we get burned sometimes because we trust it's going to work and it doesn't work. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, the common rule is that the baby should feed eight to 12 times a day as a newborn. And that's great. But what does that mean? What they should feed? You know, how long do they sit at the breast? How much of it is actual feeding? How much of it is sleeping time at the breast? Those things are confusing to new parents. Um, they'll feel like the baby's always at the breast, but the baby may not actually be getting enough milk for because they're not actually transferring the milk from the breast. Right. So, they're kind of just like, I always say, they're just pacifying themselves, right? They're just like yeah. sucking on you, but not pulling. That, yes. Or yeah. they're sleeping on you. Or they're sleeping on you, right. Attached. Yeah. <laughs> Attached, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, doing yeah. anything. And so really trying to sort out what's actual feeding behavior and how much is the baby actually actively sucking. And that 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 is something that you need to sort of pay attention to is how much active sucking is going on. Yeah. Do you think that I, I typically, so the 8 to 12 feedings in the newborn period is really standard advice. Mm -hmm. And I will often say, do your best to try to have 15 minutes to 20 minutes on each side yeah. of so, active feeding. Well, though, right? yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's what we don't say is active feeding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, so, I don't. No. I'm going to now, Lynn. I'm <laughs> well, going to be better at well, and, and, you know, 15 to 20 minutes is fine um, at, the, at the beginning, in the first week or so. You know, moms have time to do that and everything. But, but there comes a point where it should sort of pick up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, babies... 
if things are going really well, you know, a lot of babies will get most of the milk they're going to get in, you know, seven yeah. to eight minutes. Because they're hoover Ethan. Well, that's right, out. you know. Yeah. And so that's not to say that you tell everybody to only stay there seven to eight minutes because mm-hmm. everybody has a different pattern for their milk mm-hmm. to let down. And, and this is the other sort of tricky thing because some moms, you know, the baby starts sucking and within 30 seconds the milk is there and the baby's getting satisfied and then that milk, you know, goes on for a few minutes as the baby is feeding. And so there's this big letdown, then there's a little, you know, sort of slowdown and then another letdown. But that's not how it works for everybody. everybody yeah. Some moms have sort of a small letdown and a pause and another small letdown. And the feeding for that mom and baby is going to look different. And those are things, again, that if you're having problems and wondering about all these things, you probably do need to have a lactation consultant look to see, um, you know, why is the baby, if they're not gaining weight well, or if you feel like you're not making milk, what is going on? Is the baby not doing their job? Is your body not, you know, doing its job the way it needs to? Uh, You need to kind of sort that out. Yeah, you know, I, I so respecting you, Lynn, is that I keep kind of trying to get her to give these just broadcast messages of <laughs> tips and things, and she's just, you keep driving into. The reality is every baby and mom are a totally different pair, yeah. and they need careful evaluation rather than just a list of things to try because they mm-hmm. may not be non-relevant, mm-hmm. right? right. Exactly so letting right. your pediatrician, family doc, midwife, or lactation mm-hmm. consultant really help you do that, mm-hmm. um, and then going back for support if it's not improving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I think most families... Mm-hmm. Uh, you stop hearing about the challenges once baby's back to birth weight, and we want mm-hmm. babies to be back to their birth weight by about t- 10 days of life. And once they're back to birth weight and they're gaining ounce and ounce and a half a day, then then it kind of moms and babies figured out. And if not, that's then right. exactly they really do right. need to see someone like Correct. you that's exactly with a long-term right. problem. They really need to see somebody. If and ongoing and, pain. And or... I would just say, at least in our area around Seattle, most of those babies and moms are, are being referred and are yeah. seeing people. There's, I agree. There, we have a lot of resources around here, which we is do. really, really helpful. Yeah, we do. And so, you know, I, I think, though, the, the that, that it, you know, if things, you've got two paths, you know, you might have some sort of early challenges and trying to get things going in the first couple of weeks, but then, yeah, the baby's up to birth weight and things are, you know, the baby keeps gaining and things are going well. But it's the babies for whom you begin to suspect that mom, baby's not gaining, mom doesn't have enough milk. What are we going to do about that? Yeah. How are we going to help mom to, you know, build her milk supply? What are the things that we can do? What are the things we can do to make sure the baby is gaining adequately? So what are those? So breast pump is the first thing that comes to mind. The first thing that yeah. comes to mind is if we're worried about a mom and her her milk supply, we start with pumping right away. Mm-hmm. And, the and when I- does she pump? After she feeds her baby? Between feedings? What's your it, advice? It, it really should be as, as, as soon after the feeding as possible because what you're really trying to do is not gather a lot of milk. You're trying to stimulate the production of milk. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that by trying to make sure that the breast is fully emptied and that there's been this mechanical stimulation to the breast. So you're feeding your baby 8 to 12 times and if you're having some supply problems, you could maybe, I mean sometimes I'll say to families it doesn't have to be after every single no. feed. Maybe every other feed, yeah. you attach the breast yeah. pump for five to That's ten right. minutes after. Yeah. It's really only if the baby can't come to the breast and can't get, stay for the time st- can't can't really do anything at the breast that you need to actually pump then eight times a day in those early first early weeks. Yeah, um, you know if the baby is coming to the breast eight times a day, you may only be pumping four times. It, it, again, it's individual. It depends, yeah. you know. And your lactation person will say this is what we should do for you. But yeah, pumping is really the number one. The it's number that one supply thing. demand. That's right. the supply demand part. Now, if you start, you know, demanding through the breast pump and, you know, again, there's this lag time we talked about, you're not going to start, you know, seeing a a response immediately, but in a couple of days, you should begin to sort of notice a change. And if you're not seeing changes with the increased pumping and the increased stimulation and emptying, then you're going to be thinking about what else can I do? 
Um, and, yeah. you know, that's, well, you know, I, I also, I, I want to go back and I want to talk about one more thing about pumping because this is an important thing too. And that is the idea of, um, there's, there's research these days that suggests it's not just about pumping, but that there's more to it. And there's this whole concept of hands-on pumping. Are you mm -hmm. familiar yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah. And so what, what we're trying to explain to moms these days is that there is also, um, when you massage your breasts and provide a sort of hands-on tactile stimulation and massage, that that actually can can foster or help the milk production. And so we really try to teach, you know, not just to put this machine there, but to use your hands and to do this hands-on pumping to um, help you um, increase to not to the next level and there's other things you know people you need to be relaxed when you pump you need yeah, to I know, think about that's always such a hysterical it, piece of advice so it's it like is, you're attached it? to this archaic machine that's making noise and you're stressed because your baby's screaming in the crib i mean like yeah. I, i'm just being honest it's but, true. but, it's I, but true. I agree that it's the true. more like picking mm -hmm. a favorite television yeah. show that you're watching or you know music. And, and music and great. Yeah. yeah yeah so so the other thing actually is we talk about pumping i think some things are important to think about that because there's a lot of moms that are doing a lot of pumping these days and a lot of moms if breastfeeding isn't working they actually are saying well i've a lot of milk, I'll just pump and give it to my baby in a bottle because that's where the benefit comes from is through the milk. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there's different ways to think about that. But if you're going to pump and if you need to pump for one reason or another, you need to, and, and you can see after the first couple weeks that this is going to be part of your life for a while, figure out how to make it as easy as possible for yeah. yourself. Get yourself a hands-free pumping bra. Yeah. Get yourself, um, you know, they have these new pumping things called freemies. I don't know if you're familiar mm. with those. Freemies are great because <laughs> freemies take the whole bottle and all this stuff away and they just go in your bra and they collect the milk right in the pumping flange. Oh, I know. Nice. <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, moms who are going to be pumping for a long time, it, you, you can have your hands fully free. As a matter of fact, yeah. you can hold your hold babies, baby. Hold yeah. your baby. Yeah. Get the stuff all set up and hold your baby. So Figure nice. out how to, you know, as I always say, you know, I see a lot of moms who need to do a lot of pumping. I say make peace with the pump. And this is not every mom. We, yeah, no, you know, no. we, we want them not I to go I remember I used to literally, <laughs> like, write, and I'm not exaggerating, I would, like, kind of write music in my head to the noise of the, I'm not kidding, and it would actually relax me. Like, yeah. I'd start to kind of make these yeah, tunes. Yeah in my head yeah, that would yeah, go yeah. with the noise yeah. of the pumping. Yeah. And, and it truly, yeah. I mean, instead of saying, oh my God, why am I having person. to, you know, ha yeah. why am I having to pump? Figure out how to make peace with the pump. Yeah, I love that. Make and peace and, with the and the, then use the tools that are there to help us to, um, you know, to help you be able to do other things while you're pumping, to be able to take care of your baby and so forth. Because that's the biggest complaint is, you know, I finished feeding and now I want to pump, but my baby still needs me. And how do yeah. I do that? That was so hard for me when I was on it's my really own. Hard. Yeah, during it's my maternity really, leave really, really in the really middle, middle of the day, he would be screaming and I need to pump and it was just kind of, I mean, and I had one of those pras yeah. that made me, hit, but it was still kind of awkward. Yeah, whatever. the whole thing is awkward. Well, yeah. yeah. So um, can we talk quickly? Mm -hmm. What do you think about, like, mom's hydration? I mean, how much does mom's hydration play into milk supply? Because I think so, I always say every time you sit down and feed, have a glass of water. Is that So, so there's nothing wrong with that advice, but yeah. I think that the research would tell you that it make drinking more water doesn't make more milk. And huh. the advice these days is stay hydrated so that you're comfortably hydrated and That's nourish it. yourself so that you're, you know, well-nourished, which is the other really challenging piece Food of part. advice. Yeah. I mean, and get good sleep. You know, the three things that they say support milk. <laughs> make sure you're hydrated. Have, eat you well. Know, eat well. Don't be stressed. Don't, and sleep a lot. And sleep a lot. But, but don't forget about the fact that you have a brand new baby. I know. Yeah. And which, you know, I mean, those things are like, it's like pie in the sky advice. I know. But, but it's, you know, you, you take them and use it however. As best you can. As best yeah. you can. If you can get one out of four or three out of four, <laughs> you're you're doing a banging job. Yeah. yeah. And so you keep them in mind and don't let them, you know, don't, because these are the things that it says and you can't do them all. Try not to let that, you know, add to yeah. the stress. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk quickly about um, <laughs> supplements. 
supplements and mm-hmm. medicinal supplements in particular mm-hmm. that that can that mm-hmm. that moms can talk mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. OBs or their pediatricians about. Can you list a couple of um, some of the options that families could ask about? Well, so first I just want to say that you know in terms of making milk, the, the first one of the first things is dietary um, kinds of things and in nutritional sort of things. And yeah. in, in every culture, there are foods that people say help moms make milk. And do tell. Well, <laughs> got a list of them back there, but you know I mean. You know, oatmeal. Do you know what I mean? That's people will say oatmeal is a great one. Mm. Brewer's yeast is another one. Mm. Um, you know, there are. I'm not as up on the Middle Eastern things, but they they have a whole set of things, mm. and the Asian cultures have them, and the Hispanic cultures have them, and, and they're foods that, that traditionally have been given to new moms that are supposed to help them make milk. So, you know, whether it's the food or whether it's the comforting that they're mm-hmm. getting from their family, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. But but those are things that you don't want to just you know sort of completely poo-poo. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are things that you can start with. And then beyond that, you get into your sort of herbal supplements and things like fenugreek and goat's rue. And there's just, there's there's lots of different supplements that, that people can, you know, that are put together in different combinations and might be suggested. And then there are your medications. Um, Reglan is the most common one. Um, but these are things you have to talk to your doctor about. They do have milk-making properties, but they have other, you side know. Effects. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, right. They have side effects. effects. Yeah, I mean, I was joking earlier that I was on, I took fenugreek for, for <laughs> a few weeks, and I said I smelled like a pancake house the whole time, and I don't think any more milk came out. But And then I just, just walked around kind of smelling like I was at IHOP. But, um, yeah, so, you know, they all do come with. Do people understand why that, why that is? Well, yeah, well, fenugreek smells like maple syrup. It, it, it makes yeah. you sweat, so your sweat yeah. smells like maple Oh, yeah. Syrup. I mean, like your whole body. It's <laughs> like I was sweating from my fingertips. And they I mean, tell you that that's how you know you've got a big enough dose is when yeah, you I smell know. like maple syrup. Oh, yeah. And I did. It was like pancakes all day long. Uh, yeah, it didn't work for me. But I, it does work for lots of moms that I've helped counsel and, and also prescriptions have helped moms. So it's certainly, I just wanted to mention it because in the challenges and overwhelm, sometimes Absolutely. it's it's just even worth a trial. I mean, it doesn't have to be that you're going to be on something for months. It's just working and trying it. Mm-hmm. So let's end by just talking about, do you have some, I know global tips are hard to give because I know this is very specific, <laughs> but going back to work, I mean, I, I oh, when I wrote a blog post work. one time, mm-hmm. I said, you know, like, do the ridiculous, like, grab a picture of your baby, mm-hmm. call your partner on the mm-hmm. phone when you're mm-hmm. pumping, call whoever's caring for your baby, see if mm-hmm. you can hear your baby. I mean, you know, bring, get a, you know, hands-free, go to a really quiet room that has a lock on the door, mm-hmm. you know, find a place that you can feel safe and private mm-hmm. and, like, you know, read your Us magazine or, like, go mm-hmm. on the internet or sit in the quiet, mm-hmm. which sometimes mm-hmm. I remember when I would pump at work, mm-hmm. I'd, like, you know, leave patients and I'd go, like, lock away for 12 minutes, and it was, it was so, so relaxing. relaxing. <laughs> yeah. So what are some tips that you have well, for I think you've them? actually, I think you've actually listed most of the oh, sort okay. of common tips. But one thing that I would say, too, um, about going going back to work because a lot of moms get their breastfeeding going and, you know, it's going well. Or maybe they've even struggled a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, they've gotten it all straightened out by two to four weeks and mm-hmm. things are going well. And then around three months, they have to go back to work. And, <laughs> you know, breastfeeding was going so well. Well, why would I use a bottle for my baby? And then it's time to go back to work and mm-hmm. then the baby doesn't want the bottle. And I'm yeah. sure that you've seen a lot of this. I have. And this goes back to, you know, something that we talked about earlier, the nipple confusion versus preference. Yeah. And it's very preference. You yep. know, by then, the baby has a preference, preference for the breast. For the breast, yeah. And not for a bottle. Yep. And so, you know, I I really um, do go along with the idea that, you know, if, if you're going to need to go back to work about three months or, you know, you're not staying home for a long time or you want your baby to take a bottle for some reason, I think that sort of daily bottle of expressed breast milk starting around a month is That's exactly what I say, a pretty good idea. Yeah, I always say it also gives dad a chance if dad or the yeah, other partner exactly. gets exactly. a chance to feed the baby that's exactly. not the milk producer. Exactly. And that is such a nice daily ritual. Yeah. I can't uh-huh. suggest that uh-huh. enough. And I think at a month is a good time because you wait mm-hmm. long enough to get that breast yeah. Yeah. and established, but then you don't wait too long you where don't. 
they because, refuse you? Because at a month, the baby still has a really strong sucking reflex. And so whatever uh. you put in the mouth, they're going to suck at. Yeah. That, suck on. That's going to actually decrease around three months. Yeah. And that is why they no longer are so obligated to suck on something. Yeah. Like a I didn't know that. That's or funny. a bottle. So, Do you have, anyways. this is like such a controversial, like I'm putting mm-hmm. the mic in your, in your face, but <laughs> what's your take on pacifier timing? Oh, and breastfeeding establishment. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's again a really challenging thing, and it's it, it's not, there's not one rule. The the sort of typical rule is you know kind of get breastfeeding established and try to you know for the first few weeks let the baby if they're you know if they're upset try to get them to the breast, not a pacifier. Um, and I, I think that's a reasonable rule. If breastfeeding is not working well, it's a bad rule because you want your baby to be calm, and mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. The, sucking is what's going to make them calm, mm-hmm. and they need to have a finger. Yeah, we call we call. The plug, because I mean, it was like magic. My That's irate right. and newborn, so, and I put that pacifier yeah. in, and he was and, and delightful. So, again, you have to look at the baby and what the baby needs, and so you can have a goal of not using a pacifier ever, or not using it in the first weeks. And if it works for you and your baby, there's no reason to have a different idea. Mm-hmm. But if you have a baby, if that's not working, and if you have a baby who is just you know struggling and really needs more help with calming and self-calming, and a sucking on a finger or a pacifier helps, I think it's unfair to the baby to deny them something they might really like well it might help them with self-soothing and self-calming I I just personally I I, it's just like you know would you deny a baby in a hospital a pacifier um, because when their parents are there to hold them and to take care of them you know yeah no no No, we wouldn't yeah I don't think so yeah Yeah. well and I think just as one little call out the Uh new guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics for the prevention of SIDS is now advising families Mm -hmm. to use pacifiers from the beginning (laughs) but that can be you know day seven or day Mm -hmm. ten if you're really concerned about the establishment of breastfeeding but Mm -hmm. again I think these are uh, this is up to families and in following their baby's and, needs and, and their and baby's actions. The other thing that I would say is if you're having trouble with breastfeeding and it's been two or three weeks and you're still really struggling with it, I don't think that using a pacifier at that point is going to make or break breast, your breastfeeding success. That's not going to be the thing that, you know, uh, Thank you. <laughs> I love that you said that. I totally agree. Um, Lynn, thank you so much for helping us um, learn how to make more milk for these babies. <laughs> <laughs> The reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 